1: make your second half of life even better than the first. As the world opened up again after two years of a brutal pandemic, Americans have returned, for the most part, to socializing, dining out, enjoying entertainment and community events, and booking travel and tours that they put off for many months. Now, with the holidays in full swing, getting out, whether to local destinations or faraway locations, has resumed as part of the new normal. But there's still lots of questions about how best to get out, how to make the most of new experiences, and what to watch out for, especially for older folks who remain most vulnerable to COVID and other physical challenges. In today's episode, we talk with two experts who offer an array of insights from distinctive perspectives. Roberta Rosenberg, founder of Destination Accessible, will describe how her nonprofit organization provides firsthand accessibility information about leisure locations for people with mobility limitations. So tell us what specific questions to ask to determine the true accessibility of venues like restaurants, parks, museums, theaters, and other popular places. And Bruce Frankel, the president of The Mindful Traveler, will offer the latest information and practical advice about how to navigate the constant uncertainties of travel, how to best prepare for trips and adapt when things go wrong, how to use technology as a valuable planning tool, and what to look for in new and unexpected opportunities. Both Robert and Bruce believe that everyone deserves to have fun and fulfilling experiences including those with mobility challenges. And they believe in serving as a comprehensive resource for the public. They don't tell anyone where to go. They simply want people to know before they go. So now let's meet our guests, Roberta Rosenberg and Bruce Frankel. Roberta and Bruce, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, thanks Ron. You're welcome. Welcome. So I'll I'll say first to Bruce, welcome back to the show because Bruce has been on before last year and Roberta is a a newcomer, but I'm delighted to have her. Um, she's got a lot of great stuff to say. Um, and before we start, I always like to um, give my guests an opportunity to talk a little bit about themselves, because as I mentioned uh, before, uh, the show is about the content, the topics of each show, but also the people I have on the show, and to really uh, just show the listeners that life really is about 45 forward. It's, it's many chapters, and most of my guests, I would say, um, didn't start from where they are now. They've had a series of chapters, interesting experiences, some accidental, some intentional. Um, but uh, it, it's led them to interesting journeys. And I just wanted to uh, now you can you can read on, on my website, com. You can read the biographies of both Roberta and Bruce. But I, I always like to have them talk a little bit about their journey themselves. So let me start with you, Roberta. You know, tell us a little bit about how you got to to Where you are as a founder of Destination Accessible.
2: Thank you, thank you for thank you for having us, and thank you for this opportunity. Um, destination Accessible certainly came about um, unexpectedly. Let's say mm. um, I spent the uh, I was fortunate enough to have a wonderful career as an ESL teacher for thirty years, and loved it. It was fulfilling. It was rewarding. And when I when I retired from there, never did I think that I would be where I am now. And so uh, you talk about life, you know, presenting challenges, if I had, if I had thought about it and if, uh, if technology were not where it is now, this wouldn't have happened. So I had a mom who had polio as a child and had, uh, certainly a number of challenges and uh, towards the end of her life, uh, was in a wheelchair and she was, we were still going and it was very difficult. And... It, we just we just went. We just did it. I didn't give it a lot of thought. I wrote a lot of letters to stores and other places saying how um, difficult it was for us to get around. Never got any responses. Nobody really ever cared. Um, the ADA Act came about in 1990, which has certainly uh, made things a lot better for a lot of people. But that's another story. So my mom passed away in 2005, and I didn't really give any more thought to the difficulties of getting around in a wheelchair. And then in 2012, um, I had a bizarre accident that left me in a wheelchair for six months. Mm. And then another year with a walker and a cane and physical therapy. And I was starting at that point to realize more of the challenges and more of the things that we didn't know that we couldn't, we couldn't account for information that we didn't get. And one of the things that really bothered me tremendously at that point was you would go someplace that had a push button assist door and you pushed it and it didn't work. And Mm -hmm. that is still true to this day. Mm -hmm. And assorted other things that got me going Again, I knew that this was temporary and I didn't give a lot of thought to uh, there are people for whom this is not temporary. And so I went back to work. I went back to my life. And so life progressed. And then my father, who at the age of 96 and a very full life, um, his body betrayed him. And he went from a cane to a walker to a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And it was really with my father that I was frustrated as could be. We were now at a time where information was available online. I would spend time with my dad. My dad loved going out. He would have liked to have three meals a day out. We would go to places Mm. and we would discover that the wheelchair wasn't happening. It wasn't getting in or we couldn't open the door or assorted other things. Uh, One of the major things was my husband had no problem pushing me into the ladies room in a wheelchair. He didn't care. Hmm. I, however, had a lot of trouble pushing my 97 year old father into the men's room. Mm-hmm. And so I would wind up with till some nice young guy came along and offered to assist him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And after numerous, numerous times of not getting adequate information, not being able to find it online, because we were now up to Google and calling up places and not getting information. I finally became so frustrated that I came home from a visit with my dad and said to my best friend, I have to do something about this. This is this is just insane. People should have this information. And right. so I said, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. And thus came the beginning of Destination Accessible.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to pick that up. But first, uh, I'm going to then switch to Bruce now and, and talk a little bit about how he came to uh, his situation that I've known Bruce for quite a while. And uh, Bruce is what I call a, a serial entrepreneur, <laughs> but, um, um, uh, so Bruce, so, so now you're, you're, uh, running, uh, the mindful traveler, but how did tell us a bit about how you got to where you are today.
3: Uh, it's good to see you again, Ron. And it's good to be back here. Yeah. It's, you know, it's always, we were just talking about what a great journey it's been. Um, uh, again, I've, I've been involved in a lot of different things after I graduated college and then, uh, you know, realizing that uh, everything revolves around financing. So uh, I got involved in uh, corporate banking and I spent uh, 10 years uh, doing very well uh, in corporate banking, um, starting with Citibank back in the day. And uh, I was doing a lot of travel and I really enjoyed the opportunity to meet people from different places, learn different cultures and and, and get a lot of experience in learning about yourself through these situations. But after 10 years in the corporate world, I realized that was kind of not my entrepreneurial uh, uh, lifestyle that I would prefer to be in terms of doing things on my own. So looking around to see what kind of business opportunity would best fit what I was looking for, I realized, well, you know, I kind of what skills do I have? Well, in banking, it's really a service industry. And uh, this was before the Internet. And at that time, if you wanted an airline ticket, uh, you really either had to go to the airline, uh, the airport. Or airline ticketing office or to a, a travel agency and uh, my experiences with dealing with different travel agencies I requested a very high level of service and I wasn't getting it and I said there's got to be a better way and that's when I did some research and figured out some of the things I need to do and uh, I built a pretty successful uh, business travel operation uh, up in uh, New Jersey in New York and uh, did very well with that uh, until uh, 9/11, and uh, then uh, the industry changed quite a bit. And at that was the same time the internet was really coming along. And so I decided to not bang my head against the wall. Like mm-hmm. I left the travel. Uh, people weren't traveling as a result of what had happened. And I felt, from a business operation, from a numbers game, it would make more sense to hey, you know, let's let's take a a hiatus. And so I. Figured, you know, at that point, I knew the Internet was the future for all information and and transactions and especially in travel. So I became an Internet uh, travel marketing uh, professional and did that for quite a while, not just with travel, but all types of uh, retail uh, benefits in terms of the Internet. And then about uh, 15 years ago, uh, I was between consulting jobs and I said, hey, you know, I wonder what the travel industry is like these days. And that was in um, 2007. And uh, at that point, I said, you know what? Uh, I think uh, this is the world hadn't changed uh, with the same places people going to the same vacation destinations the focus in travel was no longer on business travel and I'll talk about that in a second it's more on vacation leisure travel and sometimes now we call it leisure travel if you combine both mm. and I sort of great opportunity to run an online business and this is so I've been virtual since 2007 and it's been a, a phenomenal great experience and I'm able to provide you know, you know, similar to what Roberta's talking about, you know, people want experiences. And so how can, you know, from the bad experiences we have, we can help other people get the information they need to have good experiences. And that's really what the vacation planning aspect of my business is, is helping people achieve those experiences and kind of helping them with the resources, just like you do and just like Roberta does in different areas. And it's important that often I find that people, you know, want the information, but sometimes they don't even know what they don't know to ask. And that's why it's important that we, you know, take an aggressive role from providing a resource to help educate people along the way.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah, there. I, I'm listening to both of you. There are certain themes that come up. I mean, uh, for one thing, I mean, both of you uh, have had opportunities come to you, you know, from the Internet, which didn't exist when you were younger in the same capacity, um, and that you, bo- you both are involved in, 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 in the travel experiences, whether it's local. And Roberta does a lot of well. It, it's just about finding accessibility in the, in the places you go to, not the travel itself per se. Uh, but you know there there are lots there are lots of connections there. Um, and also you, you both said uh, that you, you you found that you need people needed to be served in ways they weren't being served. And so looking for those opportunities, I think is really an important thing um and and so the last thing i'm going to then segue back to roberta because you raised the question um about uh people asking questions and, and not even knowing what questions i ask so that's one area that roberta really um has uh, made some great strides um and so with her her website destination accessible so now let's talk a little bit about the website roberta and and how people can use it because One of your issues is that people don't know what questions to ask about accessibility, what it really means.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, So I I would like to say that we spent a year uh, before we ever put anything into our website, uh, trying to figure out doing research about seniors. We had envisioned it specifically as a website for seniors and what things would be, helpful to seniors and making sure that it was easy to navigate, making sure that it was easy to see even before. So, you know, before this issue of website accessibility has come Mm. into being now, and now the word accessibility has a new meaning, which has been a somewhat of a problem for uh, the disability world, but that's a whole other issue. So we spent, we spent time deciding what we would put on our website. We, we decided that We wanted to focus on fun things that people want to do. You have to go to your doctor, you know, you have to go to the bank, you have to go to those places. But you have choices when you are going out for some fun. And so we wanted it to be as simple as possible. Um, Our feedback has said that we've pretty much succeeded in doing that. Our website is very easy to navigate. It is... um, uh, is very straightforward. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles by, by choice. We wanted it to be as easy for seniors and people like myself who are definitely challenged in the technology area to be able to use. And so you can go to our homepage and you can find, you can search by category, which is um, dining, uh, museums, parks, restaurants, other popular places and out of town places. Or you can search by geographic area. There's a drop-down menu for that. You can search by um, Long Island is our is our primary focus, and most of our the vast majority of our website of our uh, venues are Long Island and the New York Metro area. Or you can go to the search bar and write in the place that you hope to go to or want to find out about. And if we have been there, it is on our website. We also have articles of interest that we have been, um, especially during the pandemic, we tried to keep people, giving them choices of things to do at home, both online and not online and other interesting things. So things about, I'll mention just travel that the TSA has um, a program for people with disabilities to help them navigate and to help them get on. And there's even a program for uh, children and people with um, autism to help them. So we we're trying, we our goal is to give as much information as possible to anyone with a mobility limitation, whether it's a person who is just a senior, slow walker, needs to rest, or up to a person using a wheelchair.
1: Great. Um we're gonna come up with a break shortly, but I wanted to start with Bruce, just to, to shift over to, you know, so now you've been using the internet obviously with uh, people depend on it much more in terms of travel overall. Um, how do you make use of the internet in terms of giving people advice and guiding them through their trial experiences?
3: It's a great question. Um, if uh, normally a client will, will come to me and say, you know, if they're looking for any travel, if they have not already searched the internet, I send them to the internet before they, I will even talk to them.
0: Hmm.
3: Um, the, the, the situation is there's so much travel information on the web, uh, on the internet. Most of it, again, there's unfortunately a lot of misinformation. Um, not a lot of detailed information, but I think people need a starting point and a reference point. And the internet is a great reference point. It gives you, uh, just to kind of makes you think of things you maybe you didn't think about. I tell people, write down things you like, things you don't like, and then I can help guide you at, at that point. Uh, because if you don't know what you're looking at, it's, it's, it's very misleading, especially in the, in the travel. There's, you know, there's certain things that are regulated. There's certain things that are not. And, and again, you know, it's. People will see pictures, and if you see a great deal, it's probably too good to be true. And so I think it's really important that you focus on, um, as far as using the internet, that once people come to me, I'm able to, to steer them specifically onto sites that are more relevant for what their specific needs are.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I think the, the whole issue of, uh, if you're not asking the right questions, you're not going to get the right answers. <laughs> so um, I, I think that I especially um, uh, going on to Roberta's side and actually talking with her, um, you know, accessibility is a broad area, you know, and as Roberta mentioned, there's a whole issue about computer accessibility using, you know, websites, but that's, but now we're talking mostly about, you know, um, mobility issues with respect to accessibility and, um, you know, the, and people, you know, talk about the, um, you know, th- this has been going on for years since the ADA, the American Disabilities Act was passed in in the early 90s, 1990s, um, another century, um, things have progressed a lot. But in many ways, uh, as Roberta, you pointed out, um, they haven't, you know, and people, the compliance really varies. There are all sorts of exceptions. And you talk to people about very specifically, well, as some of the things you just mentioned, like um, that people might not think of, which is, um, okay, are there areas to rest? You know, that may not be part of, you know, uh, ADA guidelines or requirements, but there are issues to think about, you know, in terms of serving your clientele. And what do they need as they travel, whether it's long distance or whether it's in just another town over to go to a restaurant? Because people don't think of that or they don't think about, as you pointed out, OK, is the bathroom accessible? What does that really mean? Right. So, um, so we're we're gonna uh, take, we're gonna pick up that again. I wanted to get you some, your specific thoughts, Roberta, about that when we get back. But we're gonna take a short break now. But folks, when we come back, we'll be talking much more with Roberta Rosenberg, the founder of Destination Accessible, and Bruce Frankel, the president of The Mindful Traveler. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
0: Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward.
1: Welcome back to 45 Forward, where we're talking with Berta Rosenberg, the founder of Destination Accessible, and Bruce Frankel, the president of The Mindful Travel, about how we can get out in the world again, socialize and travel, and make the most of our experiences, no matter what our mobility is, limitations might be. So before the break, I was talking about Roberta's um, ability to really uh, ferret out the questions people need to think about um, in terms of accessibility when they go out. And I I found some of your questions uh, really, um, you know, helpful and in in their specificity and and thoughtful um, as in in line with what Bruce, Bruce Bruce's title, they're, they're mindful. You're mindful of, of how you travel. Um, so let's just give us a couple examples of what are the things that you ask people to think about when they go to locations.
2: Well, I, I, I just um, I want to say we spent a lot of time going mm-hmm. personally and thinking about what we were looking for when we went before we developed our checklist, which is in the process of being updated. also, For people to be able to use to to you know to know about things, and you know the idea of misinformation and lack of information is so true. When you talk about um, uh, mindfulness and places to rest, it's interesting. Was interesting to us. Um, I'll give you an example of uh, Comset Park, which is a beautiful place to visit, and there is a lovely. I'll call it a path. It's really, you know, a roadway that is a mile and a half long from the parking area down to the mansion and where you can see the water and stuff like that. It's gorgeous. okay? And so most people wouldn't think about the fact that it's a mile and a half. It's paved. It's flat. No problem. However, there are only four benches in that mile and a half walkway. Not only are there only four benches in that mile and a half walkway, but if you want to sit down on one of those benches, you have to go off the path and cut across probably 20 feet of the grass to get to a bench. Mm -hmm. Now, most of us wouldn't give it a second thought. I wouldn't have given it a second thought before my stint in a wheelchair or actually now as a senior. um, It's something that you don't think about. But certainly could be of value to you to know and to plan for if you are going someplace. So what we tried to do was go to visit places and come up with with what things would be important to us as a person with any sort of a mobility limitation, whether it is, you know, resting or whether whether it is specifics about you get information that there's a restroom and it says the restroom is accessible it may say that and it may be true or not true assume the restroom is accessible it doesn't tell you if the restroom is a single occupancy restroom which i certainly would have loved for my dad it doesn't tell you if the stall in the multi-stall restroom is large enough to accommodate a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and oftentimes i won't say oftentimes sometimes uh they will tell you that the places are accessible when in fact they're not so there are Lots of things to think about. And, and in the years, as as the years have gone on and we have done more of this, we've come to be, I want to say, more sensitive to people's needs. The idea now that so many people have electric wheelchairs, that when the ADA was established and those guidelines were established, um, the stalls were not big enough for an electric wheelchair. Um, I have a friend who is in a motorized wheelchair and has said that she will not go someplace that she does not know, particularly a restaurant, without a phone number for somebody to contact in the restaurant because she has been stuck in restrooms where she is unable to open the door Once she's gone in. She can't get out wow. if there's no one else who comes in to help her. Wow. So, you know, we've learned from not just from our own experiences, but happily from people who have who we've spoken to and have shared their experiences with us.
1: Right. So, Bruce, uh, just picking up there a little bit. I mean, we can talk a little bit about broadly um, accessibility issues in, in travel in general. But, but you know, in addition to that, we can. You know, I'd like to get your thoughts on. So, what are some of the things that people the questions that people aren't thinking about these days? Whether it's about mobility. Or about you know the contingencies of travel because things are changing in travel and and I think one of the, even though there's a lot more travel these days and I, I think certainly as the holidays come up we're going to see a you know a, a return to what seemed to be normal in years past but there are things that we don't expect still and and there, are th- there there's constant change there are constant delays and there are things like accessibility I know that you know I was reading recently about, and, and you and I talked about this at a previous conversation about talking about restrooms, you know, the, 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 in, in airplanes, the restrooms really, in many of the newer jets really don't accommodate people very well. And that's yeah, just part def- of the business.
3: I, I definitely want to pick up what Roberta was talking about. I mean, you know, what's really funny is you think about the travel industry was supposed to be the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and people, you know, just think about that for a second. And the one thing that, you know, I, I, I very much focused on what Roberta's talking about, you know, people have, you know, especially, you know, special needs, special needs are individual. They're not, you can't group them together. You know, just because somebody's quote is in a wheelchair, doesn't mean all wheelchairs are the same, doesn't mean their needs are the same. And so it's very specific, you know, and, and it's, it's broad. And, 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 you know, you mentioned something about autism and, you know, there's certain You know, certain suppliers, cruise lines or certain resorts that have specifically trained staff and understand the special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that Roberta mentioned that I really focus on is that you have to have that specific contact at that specific location to know that you've got people there that can talk knowledgeably about what the specific situation is so that you know that special need is. I've got clients that if they do that, I've got, you know, and I've got, you know, all kinds of, we're getting older and and people want to venture more. They want to have experiences and they shouldn't be limited because they have mobility issues. And so I I think it's important that, you know, and, and people want to help from the hospitality side. They don't know how sometimes. And so educating them as well, is an important aspect of it. And then working, you know, with a specific individual, okay, what are you comfortable doing? What can you do? What do you need? I can help guide you in terms of what you're looking for. And, you know, and, and then to, to, to branch out a little bit more to your follow-up question about the industry changing. I mean, we're still coming out of that pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that definitely shut down the travel industry. Uh, you talk about how the impact that had in terms of the amount of layoffs um, and, and what's happening now, because of the pent up demand, we see, you know, demand outpacing capacity. So there's no way that you're not going to have these cancellations, these delayed flights, you know, overcrowding situations. And and then, you know, unfortunately, if, if COVID spikes or the flu season picks up, you're going to have additional issues with that as well, too. So it's we're not back to what people would like to think of the normal travel experience. Um, it's a challenge. And I think Again, that's that's going on there. And I know people are anxious to go, and and I'm and and I'm you know I'm saying I'm encouraging people, you know, don't do last minute travel. Uh, plan things out far in advance so you have time to do the research and you can find out what's best for you. Uh, maybe you don't want to visit maybe the most popular resort. Maybe there's a there's a place that is less crowded that can accommodate you know special needs. But it's it's changed drastically, and I think people need to know uh, you know how to uh, how to really look for an advocate that can help you guide you through you know a lot of this but uh yeah travel's been a, a challenge i mean pricing alone uh you know you look at disney world disney world now has implemented dynamic pricing on on their park tickets yeah. so um so not only do they uh you know have different prices for different days as of december 8th they've announced that they're going to have different prices different days for different parks. So it's really going to be confusing when you go to purchase a ticket, if it's a one-day ticket, you need to know what day you're going to go to what park and then see what the price is because it's going to vary based on which specific park it is and the crowdness. So it it's it's becoming very cumbersome in terms of the planning process. It's you have more options and so there's more questions and you know, it's great that you have the ability to fill out all these forms and to take advantage of mobile applications on your device, which is crucial today everybody, you know, that's one thing that's, you know, the, what the pandemic has changed in travel is the reliance on these uh, mobile applications for your device, where you have more access to information. It's it's, uh, hand, it's touchless. So, uh, you know, you make sure that you you know, you know how to you read QR codes or, you know, quick response codes so that you can get the latest information, because it's always changing. And that's how they keep updated information. So it's really important that people have a little bit of understanding of technology and know how to use it, you know, as they look at this specific, you know, situation and what they want to travel with.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, are we going to say something or, or?
2: No, I know, I, I don't mean to butt in. I, but No, I'm, absolutely. I'm listening to, to what you're, to what Bruce is saying and it's, and it's so true. And it is, it, really, there's so much more information and all of those things are true. But any of us who are technologically challenged are are at I feel like we're at such a disadvantage that it's there's 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 no, I want to say there's like no place left for us to get our information. and and a perfect example of this was not not traveling, but this past summer we were at Jones Beach and it was the first time uh, the the first show a performance and it was the first time that we had to go with a paperless ticket there were no there weren't you couldn't have a paper ticket we always print a paper ticket and we were standing there unable to get our paperless ticket to come up on our on our phones and if it were not for uh, once again the nice kind young guy next to us who helped us do this, we still wouldn't be in that show. <laughs> so, so yeah,
3: unfortunately, I, Roberta, I think you're right. And I, and I think that's not, that's a major problem that there's no solution to right now. People are not, if you look at the way the world is changing, I'm finding less and less opportunities for people to have something that doesn't require technology. You could try to find a phone number to call somebody if you have a question, you know, if you don't do a chat online, you're not going to get any information. So the, the the human touch that people have relied on over the years, especially for, like you said, you know, uh, you know, senior people, people like us that are not as, you know, you know, tech savvy, it's much more of a challenge and, you know, you have to invest. I, I, you know, I, I make sure that I work with my clients. Some of them, you know, more challenging us I, I try to help them. Like, you know, sometimes I print out stuff and mail it to them so that they have it, you know, in, in their hands uh, if they can't do it. But more important, I try to, you know, encourage them. And, and and again, I think people are reaching out to family members and friends, understanding that I don't have this capability. Can you help me? And, and, and you can, the good news is you can find people, but have that lined up because you need to have that today. It's, it's traveling without, you know, you're you're traveling blind if you don't have technology.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you're both right in this sense that, that you need to have both. You need to have you need to be able to to use the technology, but you also need to have advocates like the two of you who know the field and and know what questions to ask, because sometimes the technology breaks down. It's not even your fault that you don't understand the technology. The technology doesn't work. Um, And so, you know, just as you mentioned earlier, Roberta, having a phone number (laughs) of the the location so you can call, hopefully they'll answer. Um, uh, But, and, and just, the, the, what you mentioned earlier Bruce about the planning is so critical you know as far as you can because there are just so many p- potential contingencies and I think with with the pandemic as you mentioned it things really they're, they're a lot freer and more open but they're not back yet and there's still issues of staffing and many places are not you know staffed sufficiently they can't get people to fill these jobs so you're always under that gun of, of getting help um and uh you know, I remember uh, I was coming back. Um, this was, I guess, in the spring from from Florida, um, and they um, uh, we were delayed because of some severe storms, and that was it was horrendous trying to get back. You know, even you know they didn't really give us um, a sufficient warning when we got to the the airport. Like, oh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, by the way, we by the time we got to the gate. We just found out that our flight was canceled. Oh, okay. now what? I don't know. You don't know? Well, I guess go back to the you know back, back to the, the airline. They go back to the airline, you know, we wait online there, no one says anything, and then we get to the front of the line and they say, "Oh no, this is not the right line. you have to go to that line, you know So for- in,
3: in that specific situation, Ron, because that's a very common one. And, and let me tell you how the airlines respond to that. Um, The airlines attitude is we're going to they can't get the staffing and then they got to train people so that there's more of a push to technology. And so what happens is that that's why they tell you every every airline has their own specific mobile app for their device. They encourage you to download that app. Once you download that app and you put on your flight information, your record locator number, they will contact you. They'll say before you get to the airport, your flight's been canceled or changed. Um, and, it, and now they'll tell you if you're at the airport and your flight changes, don't get online, go to your phone and go to that app and, the, and connect with the person there about what flight schedule changes are available and they'll help you that way. So they're, they're forcing just like the banks back in the day, forced people to use ATM machines. The the rest of the technology today, hospitality is forcing you to le- learn technology, to be able to, to navigate you know the the travel process
1: yeah um okay we're gonna we're gonna take another short break but i think that that's um an important i I still hear you in in your in your statement that you still need to have advocates who know this information (laughs) and that's one of the problems is that uh it's it's a combination and it's tough to get that human touch but we need to keep pursuing it so folks we have another great segment coming up Uh, we'll be talking much more with roberta and bruce so don't go away we'll be right back
0: today our 40s sit firmly in midlife we are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead but now is the best time to plan for our future life listen for 45 forward with host ron roel from retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents no topic is off the table we don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward.
1: Welcome back to 45 Forward. Once again, I'm talking with Roberta Rosenberg, the founder of Destination Accessible, and Bruce Frankel, the president of the Mindful Traveler. So before the break, we were talking about all the vicissitudes of technology and the advantages. And one of the things is we need the technology, but we also still need to have sort of a human touch. And I think one of the things that I like, Roberta, about your website is, and is the level of credibility. In other words, it's you've had personal experiences with the, with the locations and the venues, you know, that you talk about. And I think that's important that there is that level of involvement, you know, and, and knowledge about the venues themselves, because that's, that's given you the experience to ask the right questions, you know? And I think that that's something, um, to reiterate what Bruce said, people don't know the right questions they ask sometimes. So, um, Talk a little bit about your experiences in going to places, and, and uh, perhaps some of the things you discovered along the way.
2: Well, I think that one of one of you know what we pride ourselves in is the fact that we have gone, and so anybody who is using us as an advocate can be assured that the information that they are getting from the technology website. Is correct as of the date that we were there. Some people have um have questioned the fact that some, of, you know, we haven't we haven't been able to revisit every place and update all of these things on a, let's say, even a yearly basis. But the truth is, if you've gone to a place, let's just say five years ago when we when we started researching this. The the level of, you know, the the exhibits in the museum may have changed, but the level of accessibility is probably just the same as it was then. If it's changed at all, it's changed for the better. And so you can you know, you can be assured when you go to our website that what you read there is what we saw and the date is clearly printed of of what we saw. And the idea about asking specific questions, it's really important to know specific questions to ask. And if you if you don't know what to ask, then you are you are just left out in the dark. And, and I'll give I'll give an example of my early years with my mom before we knew anything. I asked about she needed an accessible shower to get into the, you know, in. In to use it. And so we, w- we went to California and we I, I thought I researched so well, you know, a hotel that had accessible shower. No problem. We got there. And lo and behold, it was a bathtub with a with a railing in the bathtub. And when I when I called downstairs to say, I don't understand, you know, we asked for an accessible room and my mom needs she's in a wheelchair. And they said, well, that's our accessible room. That is what, you know, so we I didn't know to say, do you have a roll in shower? Yes. Um, I didn't know to say, are there any steps to get to, you know, wherever it is. Another example is a restaurant that we went to maybe last month and was assured on the phone that they had an accessible restroom. I asked if they had seen it. Yes, that's a that's a different topic to discuss. But we got there to find out that, yes, they definitely had a beautiful single occupancy accessible restroom, except the restroom was up three steps. Not information that I had even thought to ask. they they were they were clear, you know, they answered my question. It was their answer was correct. But they neglected to say that, well, you had to go out the front and around the corner and go to the other entrance to the restru- to the restaurant, which would have taken you to their upper dining level where the accessible restroom is. So we're learning again, you know, these are things to ask. And, and I think that it's interesting to know we just developed a tips sheet
0: mm. for
2: when you have to call. You don't get the information online or the venue is certainly thousands of venues that are not on our website. And so you have to be very specific in what you are asking. And you can't say, well, is the facility easy to enter? That is not going to get, you know, the person on the phone is going to say, sure, you know, the (laughs) the person on the phone is probably 20 years old and never thinks about these things. So sure, you know, there's, you know, no problem at all. Or the person could be a person who says, You know, you really can't get in the front, also happened to us, uh, too many steps, but go around with the wheelchair to the back. You won't have any problem getting in because there are only three steps back there. That's a person who just doesn't know. So people want to be helpful, but they just don't have the information. And so I'm not going to go through all the things, but I would uh, encourage people to go to our website. And look up look up for our tip sheet about if you have to call. And I'm gonna go back to what Bruce said about pre-planning. The earlier you need, the earlier you begin, the better off you are in getting the information that you need. So if you know that you're going to a venue in two weeks and you have a reservation for that venue, you would be best to call immediately because. When you call, one of the things you have to ask the person who is giving you that information is, have you personally seen what you are telling me? And if that person hesitates two seconds, <laughs> you need to say, could you please check on it and get back to me? Right. And I have to say, 99% of the time, I have never had someone not call me back mm. with, with the information. But you need to be prepared. You need to. I, uh, a person had called me to ask about some questions about Westbury Music Fair. No, it's not called that anymore. In my day, it was called Westbury Music Fair. Right. But I'm, most of you probably know it. Yes. And it's a great place and it is accessible. Someone called me with, with questions that we did not have on our website. And so I offered to call for it took four phone calls and four back and forth for us to get the information. We did get the information and it was fine and everything worked out great, but you have to, you you need lead time at the very least. Right. Right.
3: You know, and, and again, Ryan, you're right. Roberta is a great example of an advocate, you know, and that's, and that's the whole concept of what you need. How do you find these people? And so it's great when you can in the travel industry, it's, it's a little bit more diverse. Um, I could tell you that, most good, you know, we don't call ourselves travel agents, we call ourselves travel advisors because we're more of an advocate these days. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of qualified people. I think that's what I would encourage anybody to do if they're looking, you know, to plan a trip, especially if, it's not, if you're not visiting friends and family, you probably, and especially if you're going out of, out of the country for the first time to someplace you haven't been, you want a, a travel advocate. And so you really need to talk to people and find out who's a good travel advisor, somebody's got experience, somebody who's got some, you know, knowledge. Find and talk to them and just have a conversation. Most of them, if you're planning a cruise or, or an escort tour or a trip, they, they're probably not even going to charge you. So it's it's good to get the information, talk to somebody who knows um, as far as advocates. Also look for chats. I mean, there are people that, you know, there are a lot of clubs these days. Facebook is not a bad thing sometimes. And it's there's an opportunity there where, you know, you'll see groups on, on certain interests. So people who have the same issue maybe sharing a Facebook group where they can share their own experiences and it's the same special need or same interest. And that's the thing too. So again, you know, going back to, it's never too early to start planning, you know, take your time, look at all these options, reach out to as many people as you can and that's how you'll have a better experience.
1: Yeah. And I think for both of you, I mean, there are sort of technical and there, there then there are social issues. In other words, so um like, for you, Bruce, you were talking to me the other day about, you know, the changes in requirements for real IDs, you know, so there are certain very specific things that you need to know as you travel. And then also uh, for both of you talking about, well, what's the experience you want with the people you're with <laughs> and, and what, are, what are the needs of, of you when you're involved in groups, whether you're just going to dinner with people or you're going to, uh, you know, on a, on a tour with somebody. Um, uh, so being, uh, being specific in your questions about and, and uh, lots of times I think the two of you are the ones who el- are, are the advocates who, who could elicit the right questions because people aren't even thinking about that they, oh we're gonna have a good time yeah yeah it's like it, okay
3: you're abs- <laughs> yeah you're, abs- you're absolutely right especially about you mentioned the, the the real id issue which is coming up now you know they, they postponed it you know the, the the real id act was passed in congress in 2005 but it kept being pushed back and that came out of the 9-11 uh commission and so the concept was how do we enhance the security of going through the airport and for domestic flights. And that's, what's really caused the real ID issue. And it's, it's, it's a much more detailed process, usually with your local DMV to get the specific information. And I tell people it's on the site to detail specifics, bring extra documentation because things have changed. One of the things about passports, you know, you could use a passport if it's valid, what's a valid passport. In some places, it's not the date of expiration. Some countries require you to have a, a valid passport six months beyond your date of returning from your, your trip. And people don't realize that. So now, again, there's there's resources. The State Department, especially if you're going out of the country, has great resources on, on their site. Um, and you can find that as well as detail. But again, it's, it's very specific information. Like Roberta was talking about, you can't ask a general question. You have to really be able to know the specifics and 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 as a consumer share the specifics here's my specific need you know I, and so i can i i can do small steps i can't do big steps you know whatever it is just to help more in terms of the detail
1: yeah and, and i think that um just being sensitive too to the people you're traveling with whether you're going again whether you're going to a restaurant or whether you're going to to china i mean you're I mean, um so, what's the experience that that you want as a group? And just being aware, like if I'm going to someone, like just asking people in your group, do you have any mobility issues? Do you have any needs? Do you, you know, so that you're aware of 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 the social dynamics of your travel or just socializing in general. Um, so I think that's you know, go ahead, Roberta. You were. I just thing.
2: want to say, people, you know, one of one of the things about it, and I'm I'm sure Bruce knows, you know, has this same situation that people for the most part nobody wants to be mean about it people just don't know and it you don't if you don't need it you don't think about it you know it is it is absolutely the truth you know as, as i said about my own particular situation but interestingly enough to me i gave a presentation to tour, a tour guides group the guides themselves from new york city tour guides and it was astounding how much they didn't know and how much they didn't—they—they they didn't even think about the fact that they should—they should stop and talk near near a place where there was a bench in case somebody in the group needed to sit down. That it had never occurred to them, and they were—they were—you know—they were very grateful for for the sort of tips and suggestions that I made. But it was interesting to me. These are tour guides. These are New York City accredited tour guides who didn't didn't think about it, not because they weren't kind about it, but they did make the point that if anybody came to them in a, in a group and said, this was a need for them, then they would, you know, they would try to accommodate them. But they also made the point that if someone would contact them in advance. So if you made, you know, two weeks in advance, you were going someplace, give them a heads up. And I think that's important to know for anybody that is, that is, you know looking for information whether you're traveling the world whether you're traveling to manhattan uh you know I don't, I don't want to say be prepared but do your homework and get your answers as far in advance as you can
1: right anything on that additional on that bruce i mean i think that's it's, it's, that's it's, the it's, message
3: you have to know what to expect and right. if, if you if you you know you really need to know that those things and so um again it's you know, I, I, I commend you for taking time. And that's it. People want to know, they want to help, but they just don't have a clue. I mean, if, unless they've faced the situation before, they don't know. So it's, it's new to everybody. Um, and that's why, you know, consumers have to speak up, too. And they have to say, hey, you know, this is what I need. I'm, I'm planning ahead. This is what, who I need to talk to and, and do that. But um, but again, just educating people. I mean, it's, it's a process. And so, you know, we look to do it as much as possible.
1: Yeah. Great. Uh, we're we're coming to the close, unfortunately, but I just want to, before we go, I wanted to make sure uh, I mentioned a couple things. First of all, um, how people can contact you. First of all, Roberta, tell people the website again. They probably know, can figure it out, but what's the website and how can people get in touch with you?
2: Uh, the website is destinationaccessible.org or .com. But if you put in destination accessible on Google, we're the first one to come up. Okay. We are the only ones who do this.
1: And is the best way to reach you th- is through the website or do you... You can
2: reach me, Roberta, at destinationaccessible.org. Dot org, okay. Or there's a way to reach me on the website. No problem.
1: Okay, and Bruce, I'm how about easily, you?
2: I'm easily reachable.
1: Okay, yes.
3: Through technology.
1: Uh, <laughs> <Right>. the, mindful, <laughs> through
3: the mindful Uh right. And my email is Bruce at com. And there's a contact us page on there as well with the information to do it. So yeah, I encourage people... If you have any questions and and often I, you know, it's not unusual for me to just tell somebody they don't need my service. You can here's where you can go get the information. Make the extra call. It doesn't cost you anything to check and find out. Shoot me an email. Hey, this is a question I have. What do you, where should I go? And and I love responding to that. You know, people like Roberta and myself, we're passionate about what we do. Um, you know, we care. And so if we can help you just answer a question, take take advantage of it.
1: Thanks so much guys. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for a terrific show. Uh, once again, folks, tell your friends, if they missed our, my conversation with Bruce and Berta today, you can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. search for my show 45 forward. You can also find it on Apple, Google podcasts, Spotify. Um, and uh, so uh, if you have any questions for me, you can email me at, at ron.roel at gmail.com. Uh, in the meantime, um, be sure to join me next Monday, twelve noon Pacific, uh, three p.m. Eastern Time, when I'll be running a terrific encore presentation, um, talking with Alexandra Saron, a nutritionist, just in time for all the challenges of our holiday food splurging. Who will talk about commonsensical and refreshingly non-judgmental approaches, not only to as to what we eat, but how we eat every day. What she calls appropriately mindful or intuitive eating. So, folks, uh, with that, uh, I'll see you next time. Until then, keep moving forward, 45 forward.
0: Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Rowell, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.